0: So, hello and welcome back. How do you follow that? That guy was amazing. He was really good. So, next we have someone who will blow me out the water. Um, We have somebody I'm really excited to see. Um, As a green buyer, I can't wait to hear what Kim has to say um, just for my own personal development. As countercultures coffee buyer and sustainability manager, Kim Alina in, in, an S in o Escu, I did it right every time until then, constantly strives not only to improve the quality of coffee, where we're, what we're able to buy and roast, but also to develop and strengthen their relationships with producing partners all over the world. One of the main architects of Countercultures, direct trade certification, and the driving force behind their annual transparency report She also encourages and inspires sustainability initiatives closer to home with her research into seed to cup greenhouse gas emissions and as a founding member of their in-house sustainability committee. Thanks to her work, Counterculture is on track to completely offset their carbon footprint and is moving towards the goal of sourcing and roasting exclusively organic coffees. I'm a huge fan of Counterculture. I'm a huge fan of their transparency report and their whole approach as a company and I know this is going to be an amazing presentation. I give you Kim Elena Inoescu.
1: All right, thank you everyone for being here and good afternoon. Uh, my name is Kim Elena Ionescu. I work for Counterculture Coffee, that's who I'm representing today. And Counterculture is a roaster in the United States, probably better known for coffee quality than anything else. Um, as one of the company's green coffee buyers, I am happy to talk about coffee quality and um, could probably do that all day. But what I'm here to focus on today is the other side of my job, which is to define and direct countercultures pursuit of sustainability, primarily environmental and social sustainability. So when the word sustainability became part of my job title about seven years ago, I was on the one hand really excited by all of the possibilities that the word offers. But on the other hand, I was also really nervous because the word can mean different things when it's used by different people. There is no universally agreed upon definition of sustainability, what it is, how it's achieved. But one thing that I think most definitions do have in common is a sense of looking toward the future and seeing further ahead. So as I see more and more companies beginning to report on sustainability, use language of sustainability in their marketing. I'm excited because I see that as a way to begin to affect more mainstream change. So, it's an old saying in coffee and in sustainability and that it's a journey, it's about the journey, not the destination. And I try not to rely too heavily on cliches, especially in something as potentially cliched as sustainability already is. But I find this analogy useful because I feel like I look around and the leaders in not just the coffee industry, but any industry that you could choose, the people who are doing the most and uh, the most interesting work in sustainability, began on their journeys without a clear sense of where they were going. They didn't know what the destination was going to look like when they embarked on, on the mission to get there. And that can be scary, to start on a, a journey without knowing where you're going. And it doesn't mean that we don't have tools that we can use along the way. So in coffee, tools to measure sustainability might be things like certifications, you know, organic certification, fair trade, direct trade certification. It might be something like carbon footprinting, which crosses many industries. It could be something within our own operations like our employee retention rate. That's a great metric to use to understand your company a little bit better regardless of what it is that you do. But in all of these cases, those tools are more like markers along this road than they are the destination in and of themselves. So they help us know that we're on the right track, but they don't, they're not exactly the goal. So what I'm here today to do is to encourage all of you to begin a journey like this one, if you haven't already. Um, And as you go to share that journey, because again, it's more about, in so many ways, it's more about the progress that you make and the experiences that you have along the way than it is about where you ultimately hope to end up. But first, before I tell you how you might get there, I should probably tell you why to even begin a journey like this. So this graphic is taken from a sustainability report that I release on an annual basis on behalf of counterculture. It's one of three reports that we do. An overall sustainability report, a direct trade transparency report that focuses more on green coffee buying and prices, and a greenhouse gas footprint that focuses on the energy consumption throughout the, the company's, uh, of the company's operations. And this particular graphic, it shows the growth of organic coffee uh, over the course of a few years, which as Stephen mentioned in his introduction is something that I have been um, pushing toward a goal of 100%, but clearly I still have some, uh, some distance yet to travel before I get there. So you know, why, why begin and why share progress like this? Why are more and more companies embarking on these journeys and using this information to their competitive advantage. You know, who is our audience for these reports? Um, Why are they interested in this information? So I think the most concrete argument in favor of having some sort of sustainability strategy for whatever sort of coffee company it is that you work for is to look toward the future and... We work in an industry with a volatile, a very volatile component in the coffee futures market. So this graph here shows the history of the coffee futures market. And you can see how much it fluctuates. And you know, there are ways to play the market. If you are a savvy buyer, then you can potentially use the market to your advantage when setting your prices, but no matter how large your enterprise might be, and especially if your enterprise is small, then there's no way to control the fluctuations in these prices. And anyone who's thinking about sustainability or who's thinking about building a business is trying to think more than just a year or two into the future. And with the futures market, there's no way to plan long-term for supply when buying based on a market like this one. So, uh, the most sort of concrete reason to begin thinking in terms of sustainability is to secure future supply of green coffee. Now, you've all watched a film about coffee, or many of you did last night. So, this scene of a coffee buyer and a coffee producer sitting down and negotiating a contract is one that probably looks familiar. You know, in the film, Darren Daniel, the coffee buyer for Stumptown, is the closest thing to a protagonist that the film has and a little bit of a hero. We see Darren go to coffee farms in Rwanda to meet with producers and discuss issues, and we understand that Darren's travel is a part of Stumptown's philosophy and a part of its quality. And I think that's true even for an audience that doesn't know coffee. Picking up on the context and the cues of the film, we know that part of the reason that Stumptown is the company that it is, and part of the reason that its coffee is as revered as it is, is because Darren is traveling and building these relationships and putting the work into buying coffee. So another reason to begin thinking about sustainability and invest in sustainability in your green coffee uh, supply chain is for something beyond security, and that is a uh, that is the the quality or the stability of quality over time. Because when we are more invested in our relationships, we have more ability to control what the product that it is that we're getting. Um, We have the ability to predict prices. We have the ability to foresee problems before they arise and potentially defeat us. So then another reason for investing in sustainability is our industry's worst case scenario. Um, Namely, that the combination of climate change and economic instability and population pressure makes coffee growing unappealing or even impossible in many of the places that currently produce coffee. Now, I'm not gonna pretend that coffee can solve these global issues or that coffee can save the environment, but We have the opportunity now to adapt and to improve upon where we have been. We haven't been very good at taking that opportunity thus far. And I think that one of the reasons for that is that as businesses, we're not naturally collaborative. We're naturally competitive. We want to develop our own ideas and our own strategies and differentiate ourselves. When in fact, some of these global issues are are issues that we cannot solve alone. No matter how good a relationship is between a producer and a coffee buyer, how good the quality is, if national infrastructure is crumbling, there's no way for that coffee to make it out uh, or make it to the country that will ultimately consume it. So. We need to be able to leverage our strengths within our supply chains, across supply chains, across industries, across sectors, to work with governments and nonprofit organizations in order to build coalitions that can actually address things like seasonal hunger or um, cost of production issues or you know, economic insecurity, potentially even climate change. However, the supply chain issues, large and small, are not the only arguments for in favor of sustainability. Most of us spend a lot of time thinking about who drinks our coffee and what they care about and how to reach them, or in other words, marketing. And we know that coffee drinkers on a whole are getting younger. We also know that they're starting to drink coffee earlier These things are great for us. In order to understand this consumer, this new consumer market a little bit better, it's also important to think about how they understand our coffee, how they understand our values, and what's important to us. This generation is more interested in sustainability than their parents were, or than the older generations of coffee growers, or coffee consumers have demonstrated that they are. But the younger generation also defines it differently. So instead of just looking for certifications in coffee, they're looking for what else we're doing. Certifications are an important starting point, but this is a generation that's accustomed to adapting their behavior to new technology every two years. So the idea of constant improvement is crucial to their understanding of sustainability. They want coffee that's certified, but they wanna know what else we're doing also and how we're continuing to improve and pursue new ideas and make those certifications or the tools that we have even sharper and better over time. A company that exemplifies this approach to sustainability and to continuing to innovate, is the clothing company, Patagonia. Which is best known for outerwear, jackets, um, gear that you might wear up in the mountains in very cold times. But here, in an ad that ran in the New York Times last year, demonstrates that their company is much more complex than just, or has a much more complex mission than just selling clothing. In fact, this ad which says, don't buy this jacket, which is one of their jackets, is not intended to actually tell people not to buy clothing, but rather to encourage everyone to question what it is that we need. Whether or not it's important to have a new article of clothing, or whether or not you have enough already and can conserve the resources that it takes for the production of a jacket like this. Beneath the the headline, it says, This season share some values. And values is so much of what sustainability is about. It's about having a, a vision that is bigger than just today. And a vision that is bigger than just a single company or a single mission. It's about being complex and about being human. And being able to connect to people through these human values makes what a company is capable of doing so much more interesting and so much more real. So in this case, Patagonia as an example, you can see that what they're trying to express is not just about the product that they're selling, it's about the company that they are and the world that they want to create and be a part of. So for us, I would say that it's no longer about the, just about the coffee. The certifications that we have are important They communicate a lot, they allow people to connect to us. Um, They extend across many companies in many countries. So they're a useful tool, but we need to build more and we need to show more about who we are as individual companies and how to differentiate ourselves. So before I came here, when I found out that I was going to be traveling in a place I had never been before, I went on the internet and I found some local coffee companies and I did a little bit of reading because I wanted to know who my audience was going to be for this presentation. Now, I know already that you like coffee. I knew we had something in common. But beyond that, there's more. There's more that makes your company what it is and makes you who you are and differentiates you. And I will argue that increasingly, sustainability will be part of that conversation about who it is that you are and what it is that makes you unique. So, back to why it is that companies are using this information to differentiate themselves. This is another page taken from Counterculture's annual sustainability scorecard and report. That tracks demonstrates all sorts of information about our company. Everything from the total number of pounds of coffee that we sold to the busiest times of day for our website to the number of pounds of coffee that we donated to charitable organizations. It's a range of information. And on their own, no single piece of information here is revolutionary or extraordinary it's all very basic about the operations of a company. Any company could you know, share the same data. It's, the numbers aren't big, they're not small. It's not really about the numbers. It's about what sharing those numbers demonstrates. This commitment to being more than just a product, uh, telling a more complex story than just the story of how the coffee tastes, or the story of how the coffee buyer worked with the coffee farmer. It's about trying to give a sense of all of the different components that make counterculture as a company unique and different and special. And while there are a few companies that are doing that, any information feels like unique and useful information. I believe as more companies start to do this, we will continue to have to find ways to differentiate ourselves. But for now, I will encourage all of you to start down a path like this one, beginning to report on your journey because there are so few. You're probably doing more than you think at this time. You're probably doing more than many of your your neighbors are. So as I finish my presentation, I'll remind you all that... I set off on this presentation to encourage you all to begin a journey into sustainability if you haven't already. There's no right place to start. As Stephen said, there's no one right way to buy coffee. There's no single starting point when it comes to sustainability in coffee. Picking the thing that is most obvious to you, the area in which you feel like you are most comfortable or your company is the strongest, is probably the best place to begin. But don't be discouraged if it doesn't feel like you have a lot from the outset. When I started at Counterculture, I was terrified that I had no idea how to begin. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing and there was very little guidance. Because like I said, there's not a clear sense of what the destination is when you start the journey. But I knew that anything would be better than what we had, which was nothing. And so you just, you begin. And as you begin, and as you share the experiences, you find yourself able to connect over something more than just coffee. You're able to connect over shared experiences. You're able to connect over some of your challenges. You are presenting struggles. You're presenting stories that are stories of struggle as well as stories of triumph and stories of how it is that you get where you want to go as well as just what it is that you are selling or what it is that you would like people to see as the strengths of your company. So these sorts of struggles and this this sort of complexity is what leads to connection and what leads to something like a company beginning to feel human. So with that, I will say that what it is that we all do in coffee is about connection at the end of the day. So begin your journey and share your struggles and your triumphs along the way. Don't wait until you've arrived. And um, I can't wait to see where where we all get together. Thank you.
0: I know I've said this a few times, but every time I've seen somebody's presentation for the second or third time, I've picked up more. So hopefully people will go back and watch the videos afterwards and uh, and, and pick up the other things that I've managed to going through that.
2: sure. Um, yeah. uh, so
0: looking for you to bail me out of a question I answered badly when I got asked a question about direct trade and buying from producers more, you know, having more transparency in that process, how do you think somebody can start? along that path of being able to source coffee from, you know, actually going to an origin and
2: and getting that coffee? I actually
1: liked your... I think you underestimate yourself, because I think your answer was a a good one. I would echo that... um, especially for small companies uh, using tools like the Cup of Excellence um, as an introduction. Um, I would say the same thing to a producer. That's a a good potential place to to be introduced to buyers. Um, Traveling with groups, having buying consortium uh, or building a buying consortium is another great way for, um, for a small roaster to be able to have a larger impact.
2: 其实我觉得, uh, 还有透, 呃, 另外呢, 也可以, and one last
1: thing is that I think, you know, relationships are built one at a time. So, um deciding to to begin, um, you're beginning a process, you know, again, to use my analogy, you're beginning this journey. So start with one, and then when that one has been successful for a few years, maybe start a second one.
2: 我认为,一次开始,一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段,就这样一段
3: so my question uh, would be right now it feels like incorporating sustainability into a business is a decision taken by those that are passionate and it is by no means essential. Do you think that is going to change and if so
2: when?
1: I think that will change. Um, I think that what we now refer to as sustainability, though, may take on different and seemingly more practical terms. I think that there's an element of sustainability that for many people is still associated with um, uh, altruism or charity or um, doing things for. Other people as opposed to doing them for yourself and that that can be a very good thing but that there's there are also very self-serving reasons to be more aware of um, the issues that now fall under the umbrella of sustainability and in the next few years we will do we will shift and more, more issues that are now labeled sustainability will be mainstream
2: business operational concerns.
3: Just a, a follow up to that. The investment that you've put into sustainability so far, has the biggest return been in quality, in environmental impact or in
2: profitability?
1: I want to say that we've had an impact in, you know, on the environment. But we're still a pretty small company and that's hard to measure. Um, Profitability is much easier to measure. So I would say that continuing to be profitable has been, um, probably is the most concrete argument in favor of the investments that we have made um, but I do think that you know the the quality and the environmental piece are much more on the feeling and less easy to measure, which is why profitability is an easier argument
2: to make. 因为其实如果说是环境上面整体品质的改善的话 说真的, the So I think I see
0: lots of comparisons from your presentation from to Matt's presentation, although they're very different. We're talking about efficiency, you're talking about, you know, and not an infinite amount of resources and how we manage those. And I, I, I must admit, I've kind of said this if you, and I'm not the most, you know, I don't, I recycle, but I don't recycle as well as I should do sometimes, mm. but I'm I'm inspired from what you've been talking about. So what is the one big win that a company can change to, be more socially responsible to be more you know the kind to the environment those kind of things.
2: 嗯,今天的講者講了很多不同的主題,像前早上有講到說如何有效率地萃取咖啡,那今天Kimio講到的話是永續發展,那其實我必須要承認我自己 如果说真的要讲永续的话
1: well, I'm really good at recycling, but I also got on an airplane and I flew halfway around the world to be here, which I think negates like all of the recycling I've done in my entire life, as far as the impact. <laughs> so um, that is to say, we're all at a different place, and I think that's true for companies also. Um, different people do different things well. Different companies do different things well. So uh, for Counterculture, and for me, it was easiest to begin by looking at things like certifications in green coffee, and then begin thinking about how we operate the business for our employees as a community and for our customers as a community, and the impacts that we can have there. But for other people, having a really efficient and environmentally sustainable Operation is the easiest thing to do to make your roasters as efficient as possible um offset your carbon footprint um for some people that that might be easier so there is no one single win you know it's um I can think of maybe five things that would be.
2: One of which would be easier, or any of which would be equally easy and equally difficult depending on the individual. I 像我自己工作的這間公司 Counter Culture Coffee 我们是从, 呃, 环保的认证开始, 其实你从环境环保开始是最简单的方式
0: So Kim has spent 10 days talking to us, and I'm sure you're fed up of certainly all of my incessant questions. So we should let these guys ask some questions. So does anybody have anything they'd like to ask
2: Kim? Hi. Um, A lot of companies out here don't have a sustainable manager or an officer that does that. What are some ways that you use to observe sustainability in a company or ways to capture the data to have it all uh, concise and in, into a graph or something like that so you can observe and analyze it at the end of the year for next year's plan or in the future? Um I, I well, 那要问, 呃, 怎么去蒐集, 给事后, so that's a great question. Um, you know, I
1: have, a, even as a sustainability manager. I've always only had a portion of my time dedicated to this, so it is um, challenging to gather all of the data from across the company and start to try to measure things, which is why being able to communicate well with different departments and have individuals set their own goals can be a good way to begin. Um, I kind of made that mistake and tried to do everything myself, but in fact, there are people within my organization who are better at and know more about the energy use of the company or the, um, you know, in my case, probably not the green coffee buying, but um, but the sort of different projects that we're working on and leveraging your entire staff and giving each person one thing to measure, I think is a really good way to um, to begin and also to for sustainability to permeate throughout the company.
2: 我自己這邊有話有有需求的部門,我們經常性的會開會,但是要從各方收集資料去評估其實不是非常簡單的事情,所以我的方式就是讓各個小單位他們設定自己的目標。其实我一开始的时候
3: can I just add, from my point of view also, we when we carbon offset, the company that we use provides uh, software that asks you questions from how you ship your product around the world to how do your employees get to work or what did you spend on gas this year? And that's just a nice way to get all of the data in one place and have the software ask you questions. So I don't know if you, you do same, same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: just as we have one time for one more quick question if anybody's got another?
0: I'm going to take that opportunity okay. <laughs> um, and I will try and recycle better um, Please, big round of applause for Kim
2: Kim